How many people are ready for God's word? Come on, how many people are ready for God's word? We're stepping into a brand new sermon series that we're calling Closer. Isn't that a unique word to use in a social, physical, distance age of six feet, two meters? And I want to talk to you today and over the next number of Sundays about getting closer to God, getting closer to one another in the body of Christ than what we do when the enemy is pressing in closer to us. Then I want to talk to you about getting closer to the soon return of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to explore this theme of closer. But today, for a couple of moments, I want to invite you to get your Bible out. I want to invite you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to dive into Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 down to verse 6. And there's really just three things that I want to impart into your spirit today from this very familiar passage of Scripture of one of the great heroes of the faith, a judge. Just three things I want to impart into your spirit on this theme of closer. The first thing I want to share with you, number one, I I believe God was saying to Moses this, I want to be close to you. I really believe as I read Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 6, God was saying something clear to Moses, and I believe God is saying something clear to us in these days. I want to be close to you. I want you to get in your spirit today. God wants to be close to you. Let's come now to verse number one, and we're going to pull apart verse number one. It says, now, everybody say now, one, two, three, now. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. I want to break this down. I want to start with the word now because to understand the context, it would be valuable for you to read Exodus or Acts chapter 7 where we read of Stephen's sermon to the Sanhedrins, and Stephen gives us some insight as to what was going on, and then to read Hebrews chapter 11 in the great faith chapter. But let me take you now back to Exodus chapter 2 to give you the context. Moses' parents was Amram, that was his father, and Jochebed was his mother. They were Levites. They were godly people. Moses was born in a day and an age where the Egyptians were wanting to, under the leadership of Pharaoh, to, to massacre every male-born child. So Jochebed took baby Moses and hid him for three months. And after three months went by, she made a little basket and put him in the Nile River. You know the story, don't you? And you know the story how Pharaoh's daughter came by and found this baby, and Moses was raised as, as a Hebrew, but in an Egyptian home. And, and, and then he turns the age of, of, of 40, and he, he didn't want to identify with the Egyptians. He wanted to identify with his people, God's people. And he saw the, 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 the bondage. He saw the, the pain that God's people were going through. He saw the oppression, and he, and he wanted to do something about it. And one day, he, he sees a, an Egyptian literally beating up on a Hebrew man. And he didn't know what to do with this bird in his heart, so he stepped in, looked to the left, looked to the right, and you know the story how he killed the Egyptian, and then he buried him in the sand. And the next day he got up, and he saw two Hebrew men fighting each other. He said, come on, guys, why are you fighting each other? And one of them said to Moses, said, oh, are you going to kill us just like you did to that Egyptian? And they went and they told Pharaoh, and Pharaoh wanted to kill Moses, so Moses ran for his life, and he ran far from his country, and he came to Midian. 
And as he comes to Midian, he comes to this well, and there's a, a priest there named Jethro, and his name's also called Ruel, same guy, two different names. He had seven daughters. And his seven daughters are at the well, and they're trying to draw water to water the flock of their dad. And, and this, this herd of shepherds came by and tried to drive them away. And Moses, I love this, he's got a rescuing heart. He tried to rescue that Hebrew man when the Egyptian was, 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 was fighting him. And now he tries to rescue these seven ladies who are being forced away from the shepherds. And, and he rescued them and he, and he helped them. And they went back to their daddy, Ruel and Jethro. And he said, why are you back so early? And he said, they said, daddy, you won't believe this. But, but these shepherds came by and tried to drive us away. But this man rescued us. And he said, bring them over for supper. And he came for supper. And before long, Jethro Ruel gave one of his daughters to marry Moses, Zipporah. That was his wife. And Moses and Zipporah gave birth to a, a, a child. And 40 more years go by, and he's now 80 years of age. Let's come back to verse number one. Put it on the screen now. Everybody say now. Now. 40 years have gone by, and Moses was faithfully serving his father-in-law, Jethro Ruel, as a shepherd. And he's taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. Now watch this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. I love this. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. He led the flock. He had a rescuing spirit. And he tried to rescue God's people. And now he's leading the flock. And he had leadership abilities. And for 40 years, God was training him in the wilderness. And he's leading sheep. But God's preparing him to lead his people. Hear me, church. Your today is preparing you for your tomorrow. Whatever you're doing right now, God is shaping you for your tomorrow. It's not wasted time. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord wants me to say in this house right now, be faithful to the task that God has called you to. And for 40 years, Moses is faithful. And he's leading his father-in-law's flock. And, 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 and he leads the flock to the far side of the wilderness. He's trying to find some good grazing ground. He's not looking for God. He's not trying to find God. He's trying to find some grazing land for the flock. And he comes to, to, to Horeb. Horeb is a range of mountains. Many believe it, it refers to the range of mountains, but Mount Sinai is the, is the Pacific mountain. But, but actually, Horeb and Sinai are synonymous, and Sinai was the place where he received the Ten Commandments. And, and he comes to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, come down to verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. I started to study the ancient Hebrew word for bush, and it became very clear to me it's referring to a thorny bush. Many believe it was a bramble bush. It was a thorny bramble bush that Moses literally had seen hundreds of thousands of these thorny bramble bushes throughout these 40 years because those bramble bushes were all throughout the wilderness. They were just ordinary bushes. They were a dime a dozen. But this one, the Bible says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Watch this. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Note that. In the, in the wilderness, it's dry and it's hot. 
And perhaps from time to time, a, a bush would come on fire and the, and the fire would consume the bush and the bush would be gone. But not this ordinary bush. This bush is on fire and, it, and the fire is not consuming the bush. The fire is burning and the bush is still large as life. And Moses sees this and the angel, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames. He didn't know it was the angel of the Lord. Come down to verse 3. So Moses thought, I will go over, King James Version, I will turn aside, and I'll go and I'll see this strange sight. And the Hebrew word for strange means marvelous sight. Why this bush does not burn up. Now, now look this way, church. This was just an ordinary bush that was on fire. And Bible commentators try to describe the symbolism of it. And one symbolism they give is that the burning bush represents God's people. The God's people, it's on fire. And it represents that the Egyptians are not going to overthrow them. It's going to stay on fire and God's going to protect them. That's what some writers say. Other writers say that the burning bush represents Moses. It was just an ordinary bush. It's an old, ordinary bramble bush that's now on fire. And, and they say Moses was just an ordinary man with an extraordinary call of God on his life. And the burning bush represents it's Moses who's on fire for God. How many people know when you're on fire for God, God can do great things in you and through you? Come on, somebody give a little clap offering of praise to our Lord God. But most Bible scholars say that the burning bush was there to get Moses' attention. There was, there was thousands of bramble bushes, but this one's on fire, and this one is not being consumed. And, and, and God took the ordinary, and he put the extraordinary on it, and he got... Moses' attention, it was a strange sight, and he walked over to see what's going on with this. I, I believe the Lord's given me a word to share with this house today. These are strange days. These are unique days. We are walking through stuff that we have never walked through. These are tough, challenging days in the world with what's going on in Afghanistan, what's going on with the pandemic, what's going on in the political realm. There's lots happening, and I'm not here to make a political stand, but I'm here to say to you, God is trying to to get the attention of his church. There is a burning bush that's going on right now, and God's trying to get the attention of the church. He wants to say something. He's asking you and I to put our spiritual antenna up and listen to the sign of the times. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. The time of Christ's return is soon, and he's calling his people to wake up and put up their spiritual antenna and not listen to the world, but tune their ears to the voice of Almighty God I believe that this is the day that God is calling for the gift of the discerning of spirits to rise up in the house. We better know what's of God. We better know what's of the enemy. We better know what's of man. And we better lift up our spiritual antenna and listen to the sound of the voice of the living God. Is there a witness in the house today? We got we to gotta, we gotta put up our spiritual antennas. God is trying to get the attention of his church. And so Moses thought, I'm going to go over. I'm going to see this strange sight, why this bush does not burn up. Look at verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God didn't speak to Moses till Moses gave him his attention. God is not going to speak to you until he knows he's got your attention. And he's looking for you and I to give him our fullest attention. And so the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look. God called to him from within the bush, Moses. Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Did you know that in the ancient Hebrew, anytime something is mentioned twice, 
It's mentioned for emphasis, but watch this. Anytime a name is mentioned twice, it's more than emphasis. It's about intimacy. It's about God saying, I want to get close to you. It's about God saying, I know your heart. I know where you've been. I know what you're going through. I know what you're feeling. God, when he says a name twice in the Hebrew, it speaks of intimacy. It speaks of, I want to get close to you. God said Abraham's name twice. God said Jacob's name twice. God said Saul's name twice. And here in our text, God said Moses' name twice. I'll tell you why. God was saying to Moses, I want to be close to you. Look this way, church. God is saying to this church, I want to be close to you. There's something I want to speak to you. I want to show you things. I want to give you my heart. I want to give you this sermon. I want you to wake up. I want you to put up your spiritual antenna. I want you to know there's a burning bush going on in the world, and God wants to speak to us. Church, the first thing, number one, God is saying, I want to be close to you. But the second thing I want to drop in your spirit, number two, and it seems, it seems so contrary to what I first shared, because I believe, number two, what God was saying, don't come near. Isn't that an amazing? God says, I want to get close to you. And then God says, don't come near. Don't, don't come near. I want to take you to verse 5 and verse 6. Because after Moses said, here I am. And let me, let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. When God said, Moses, Moses, God was saying, I want to be close to you. And when Moses said, here I am, Moses was saying, I want to hear you. I want to be obedient to what you say. I want to know your voice. I want to hear what you have to say. Here I am. My ears are open. I'm ready to listen. Here I am. And then in verse 5, God says, don't come any closer. It's like God was saying, stop. Don't come any closer. Don't approach. And so the first command he gives is don't come any closer. And then God said, take off your sandals. Moses was wearing sandals, and his sandals would be covered with stuff of where he had been, and on his sandals would be representing the places he had been and the things he had done. And because he was raised in an Egyptian court under Pharaoh, he knew the pagan religions would take off their sandals when they went into their pagan place of worship. But God isn't talking here about a pagan place of worship. He says, don't you come any closer. Take off your sandals. I love this. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. And in that pagan culture, in Pharaoh's court, their pagan places of worship were sacred because of the place. But God was saying, this place where you are right now is sacred, not because of the place, not because of the space, but because of my presence. God was saying to Moses, this is sacred ground, not because of the ground it is, but because I am here right now. What made that place sacred is the presence of God. Church, if you, if you didn't realize God is in the house this morning, as Pastor Brad was leading us in worship this morning. I felt like the windows of heaven were opening over this place. I sensed that God is in this house today. And, and so God said to Moses, don't you come any closer. Take off your sandals. And taking off his sandals was meant to be a symbol of reverence, a symbol of respect, a symbol of reverence and respect. Now I need to take you back because the angel of God appeared in an ordinary bush and in flames of fire. And anytime you read about fire in the Old Testament, it's 
it speaks of the presence of God, but fire also speaks of the holiness of God. And so church, God was saying to Moses, before I tell you what I want to say to you, you need to understand who I am because there's an otherness about God that makes God separate from us. He's holy. We're not holy. And I believe the Lord is saying to me to say to the house, don't approach him casually. Don't approach him with curiosity. Approach him with reverence. He is God. And I believe the Lord is saying to me today that we need to get back to understanding we serve a holy God. Holy, holy, holy is his name. Mighty is his name. He is awesome and mighty. I'm not telling us to physically take off our sandals or our shoes this morning, but I'm inviting us to spiritually take off our sandals and our shoes and realize that we are in the presence of a living God. And he's calling us to lift up our spiritual antenna. And he's saying there's a fire that is burning. There's a bush that is burning. And I'm trying to get the attention of my church because these are the last days. And I believe God is about to do something that's greater and bigger than we can ever imagine. But he's calling the house to have a spirit of discernment. And before he tells us what he wants to say, he wants us to get back to the truth. He is a holy God. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God. Don't come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. The place became sacred because of the presence of God. I believe God wants to make the place that you talk to him a sacred place. I believe God is saying, don't be casual anymore in your walk with Jesus. Press into him. He wants to get close to you. And he wants you to get close to him. Then he said in verse 6, I'm the God of your father. I love that. His father, Amram, was a Levite. His father, Amram, was a, a man of the tribe of Levi. His father was a godly man. And God was saying to Moses, I was close to your dad, and I want to be close to you. I want to be close to you. I, I, I'm the God of your father. And then he said, I'm the God of Abraham, and I'm the God of Abraham's son, Isaac, and I'm the God of Jacob. <laughs> it's like he was saying, I made a covenant, and I'm going to keep my covenant. I'm the God of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac, and I'm the God of Jacob, and I'm the God of your father. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Some Bible scholars say he lifted up his, his cloak and he buried his head in it. But most Bible scholars believe he got on his knees and he buried his head into the ground out of reverence and awe. And, and he had his sandals off and he buried his head into the ground and because he, he began to realize that God has an otherness to him. And we made, our, we made ourselves too familiar like God is like us, God is not like us. He is more holy. He is holy. He is righteous. He is faithful. He is good. He is God, and we're not God. And when we get a revelation of who God is, we'll begin to respect him for who he is. And God was saying to Moses, before I tell you, I need you to get a fresh revelation of who 
I am. And then in the verses to follow, in verse 7 on, God unpacked the call to Moses and said, I've seen the misery of my people, and I've come down, and I'm going to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and I'm going to bring them into the land that is good and spacious. And, and Moses, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. You've got a rescuing heart in you. It started to surface when you tried to rescue that Hebrew boy that was being beat up by that Egyptian. You've got a rescuing spirit when you showed up to the seven daughters of Jethro and you tried to rescue them from the shepherd. But now, now, now that you know I'm holy, I'm going to tell you what I want you to do and I'm going to use you in a mighty way. You might be an ordinary bush, but when the fire of God is on an ordinary bush, great things will happen. Hear me, church. God wants to release the fire of the living God in this house. He wants to set Woodvale on fire. Greater things are yet to come. He wants to set your life on fire for God. He is not done with you. Moses was 40 years of age when he took down that, that Egyptian. He was 80 years of age when God called him. You've got more in you. You've got more that God wants to do through you. Come on, is there a witness in the house today? God's got more that he wants to do in you and through you. But there's one more thing I want to drop in your spirit. And I almost overlooked it, and I had to go back to verse number two, and here it is. Jesus is in the fire. Jesus is in the fire. Moses is tending the flock of Jethro's father-in-law. He's nodding, looking for God, and he comes to the far side of the wilderness, and he comes to Horeb. Now, let's, let's, let's go back to verse two. Then, or there... The angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. The Hebrew word angel means messenger. Bible scholars teach us that this was an ordinary angel. Bible scholars teach us that this is a theophany. This, this is a revelation of Jesus before he's born. This is Jesus in the fire. This is, this is the messenger, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is in the fire. And I believe the Lord has said to me this week that some of you, you're, you feel like you're in the fire. You feel like life is caving. And some of you right now, you're, you're worried about your job. Some of you are worried about next steps. Some of you are freaking out about what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Jesus is in the fire. Jesus is with you in the fire. Jesus is with you in the fire. I want to show you one more truth. And I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. I want to invite you to stand with me to your feet, if you would, please. I want to invite the band to come forward. But as you're standing, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. God said to Moses, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals. The place where you're standing is holy ground. I'm glad that we live in the New Testament and not in the Old Testament. Because the writer to Hebrews teaches us in Hebrews 4 verse 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and we might find grace to help us in our time of need. 
I'll tell you why we can approach God with boldness and confidence time of need is because Jesus took our place and made a way to the Father. It's all because of Jesus. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate his name. The Spirit of God is in the house this morning. God wants to take this place and turn it into a sacred place. This is holy ground. God is in the house today. He's asking the church to open their ears and their hearts and worship him for who he is, not casually, but reverently. And I believe that he's saying to the house, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to tell you things that you didn't know. And I'm going to show you how to stand strong in these challenging days. And I'm going to give you the gift of discernment. I'm going to, I'm going to give you my heart because I want to get close. to God wants to get close to you. And he wants to tell you things and show you things. This isn't the day. This isn't the age to press away from God. If there's ever been a day, this is the day to press in to Jesus. Yes. Come on, lift your hands right now. Father God, we've looked this morning, one of the great heroes of faith. God, I'm asking that you would turn this place into sacred ground. I pray God, as Pastor Brad begins to lead us that there would be such a sense of awe and reverence of your holiness in this place. I pray, God, that we would open our hearts and we would tune our spiritual antennas to the voice of God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, just begin to lift your voice right now. We love you, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. Come on, Woodville, lift your voice. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him praise. We worship you, God, not for what you've done, but for who you are. You are holy, 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 holy. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. We don't have to hide our face because of you, Jesus. We can boldly come to the throne of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't have to turn our face away from you. You've turned your face to us. Now, God, you're calling us to turn our face to you. And it's because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can get closer. Amen. Hallelujah. You want to get closer. You made the first move. Now, God, I pray we would get closer to you right now in the name of the Lord. I pray God. God in a secret quiet place that you would speak into the heart of your church in the name of Jesus holy 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 let's worship together as Pastor Brad leads us and on that day we join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice 
a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain and on that day we join the resurrection and stand beside all the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was oh, come on one more time on that day and on that day when we join the resurrection come on we're standing beside them stand beside all the heroes of the faith with one voice with one voice there's a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain forever he shall about everyone's eyes are closed whether you're here on site or you're watching online if today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven I'm asking are you a follower of Jesus not just a fan but a follower I'm asking if you personally asked Jesus Christ in your life, have you made your peace with God through Jesus Christ? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins? Was there a time, was there a place, was there a moment that you said, Jesus, come into my life. I want to step into a personal relationship with you. God is in the house today and he's speaking. If you can't answer that question with a definite yes, I want to lead you in this prayer and we're going to join you as you pray. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I've decided to follow you. I make my peace with you today. I receive you in my life. I confess you as my Savior and my Lord in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Come on, open your eyes. Put your hands together, Whitfield. Come on, let's celebrate salvation. You're here on site, and you ask Jesus into your life. In just a couple of moments on your way out, go to an exit table. we got a Bible for you, a little booklet for you. And, and sign up for the follow class. We're going to help you in your new faith journey. If you're still checking out Christianity, you know someone who's checking out Christianity. Alpha is for you. And we're just so glad that you made that decision today. If you're online, reach out to us. We will reach back to you. And if you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, how many at Woodville would be honored if they joined us in the journey? Come on. Would you be honored if they joined us in the journey. Amen. Now, just a couple of moments, I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. But first of all, I want to thank everyone for being here today. God is in the house. Amen. I want to thank all of our first-time guests. Make sure you drop by the table on the way out. we got a little gift card for you. And if you'd like prayer this morning, altar workers will be available at the front, and they'd be glad to pray for you. And we're here to support you in prayer. And if you've come prepared to give of your tithes and offerings, you, you choose not to online. There are debit machines in the back and offering buckets in the back. Thank you, Woodville, for your faithful giving. But I want to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you to boldly respond. You're here this morning, and you really want to get closer to God. I want you to lift your hand right now. Do you want to get closer to God? I do. I do. I do. I really want to get closer to God. I I, I don't want my faith to be casual. I don't want it to be sloppy. I don't want it to be weak. I don't want to get closer to God. I believe God is saying, lift up your spiritual attendance. Let's just lift our hands. Father God, Evelyn, I love this church. You are doing something great. And God, I'm moved by the story of Moses. You really wanted to get close to him. But God, you told him just to hold where he was to take off his sandals. It's the place where he was standing is holy ground. And I pray, God, that we'd have a fresh revelation of who you are. I pray that the otherness of God would help us realize that you're God and we're not. You're holy. You're, you're good. You're loving. You're faithful. You don't change. And I pray, God, that we would never lose sight of who you are. And I pray, God, that you would speak to us. I pray that discernment would flow in the house. I pray, God, that we would be awake as a church. And I pray, Jesus, in these last days that we would not be deceived. Your word says in the last days even the elect would be deceived. And, God, I pray we would not ever be deceived in the name of the Lord. I pray, God, that we would tune our spiritual ears to you. And I pray, Father God, that you would speak to us and show us. God, I want to be close to you. And I pray that... We just wrap our arms around you and you would speak into our ears and our heart. So thank you, God, for this amazing church. We're excited for the fall season. And God, give us a great day, a great week, an exciting fall season. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together again and give a loud clap offering of praise to our Lord God. Well, God bless you, Woodville. Thank you for joining this morning. Next Sunday, 9 and 11. And then the following Sunday, 9, 10, 30, 12 noon. And we've got an exciting fall plan. We thank God for all he's doing. Have a great day. God bless you.